Hello and welcome to Inside the Hive, where we discuss the latest in Utah politics and strive to bring a little Real Housewives to Utah's Capitol Hill. I'm Kyle Treasure. And I'm Hannah Barton. So we have both spent years working in Utah politics, and we're really excited to be here to help make what's going on accessible and understandable to the average Utahn. With each episode, we introduce the day's main characters, explain the drama, including both sides' points of view, and we have a little fun along the way. In this episode, we'll talk about all the drama surrounding Utah's primary season and how you can participate in the process as well. So let's get started with some main characters this week. <laughs> Great. So our first main character we all should know is Senator Mike Lee. Yes. Um, he is Utah's senior senator, an incumbent. He took office in 2010 as a big part of the Tea Party movement, and he has been in power now for 12 years. And at the time that he initially ran, that was how long he believed a U.S. senator should serve. He wanted a two-term limit for U.S. senators, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he's now gunning to go for another six years. Um, he wants 18 years in office. His current approval ratings show that 42% of Utahns approve of his performance, while 38% disapprove. Professionally, he is a lawyer, and he's also a Gemini. A Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Which, a Gemini man. Yes. <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous. Uh, Geminis are often impulsive, extroverted, and clever, um, but they can also be really smart and charming when they want to be. Do you know any other, like, Geminis or any of your friends' Geminis? I know a couple of Geminis who are women, but I don't think I know any men. <laughs> I think all the Geminis I know are also women. Really? Yeah, and they're very fun. Yeah, totally. Main character number two this week is... Becky Edwards. So she is a candidate for U.S. Senate. She is primarying Mike Lee to try to take that seat. Previously, she spent a decade in the Utah House of Representatives, term limiting herself. She said that she was only going to be in there for 10 years and then she quit after oh, 10 I years. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. And after she quit the House of Representatives, she went on a full-time LDS mission with her husband and Professionally, she's been a social worker and counselor, and that's what she did on the mission is she was basically a social worker and counselor for the missionaries. So she just got back just before she started campaigning for the Senate seat. She is a moderate Republican, and so she often gets attacked from the right. Becky is a Virgo. Mm. And Virgos, in case you don't know, Virgos are often really practical, they're serene, they're organized, and they really have good leadership potential. I did not write that. That comes straight from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Becky. Our next main character is Ali Isom. She is another candidate for U.S. Senate. Um, she's also a Republican, but maybe hasn't made quite as big of a splash as Becky has. Professionally, she works in public affairs. She has worked previously for former Governor Herbert. Um, and she has also worked for the LDS Church as a spokesperson. She identifies as a classic conservative, but has also called for a Republican renaissance. Allie is also a Gemini. A Gemini. Just like Senator Lee. Okay. Which kind of speaks, I mean, it's like perfectly mirrors their political positions. Allie, I would say, is a lot more similar to Mike Lee. Totally. Yeah, like their politics, Mike Lee and Allie Isom's politics align pretty well. Mm -hmm. Allie famously said early on in the campaign that if elected, she would vote like Mike Lee, I think like 96 percent of the time, I mm -hmm. think is what she said. Um, so that makes sense. They're both Geminis. Yeah. 
And I would say these three candidates really represent the schism that's going on in the Republican Party right now. Mike Lee is closely aligned with President Trump, all things Trump. And Becky kind of represents that new Republican Party that we've seen form over the past few years, really separating themselves from Trump, focusing on, I would say, different core values than the traditional Republican Party. It's interesting that Ali Isom has been calling for a Republican renaissance because to me anyway, it feels like Becky Edwards policies would actually look like a Republican renaissance. But to Ali's credit, I think when she says Republican renaissance, she mostly means we're going to be nice to each other. We're not going to be like so combative, which is the main thing that she's criticized Mike Lee for. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the drama. Ooh. Okay, so the next four months are going to be absolutely bananas, everyone. And we can't wait for it. Totally. Well, and these, this primary already feels like it's been going on for a long time. I was looking it up and Becky announced last May. May. So she's already been campaigning for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And Allie, did Allie announce after her or before? I think Allie announced shortly after her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this has already been going on for 10 months. And it's all coming to a head like now. Totally. Like it is crunch time yeah. for these campaigns. <laughs> so we're going to go through the primary season calendar So everybody, please pull out your calendars, visualize this with us. We're going to explain all the important dates. We're going to explain the paperwork that needs to get done and how you can get involved in this process. Yes. I feel like November always gets all the attention, but in a state like Utah, where it's like pretty predominantly run by one party, the primary is where it's important. So it all kind of kicked off on March 8th which was a few weeks ago as of this recording, Mm -hmm. was GOP caucus night. So if you're not sure what a caucus is, it's basically where members of like a neighborhood kind of get together and choose delegates for the state convention. Yeah. So those individuals will vote for their preferred GOP candidate at the GOP convention. So it kind of makes it a little bit easier because it's like candidates can just lobby those delegates instead of having to lobby every individual voter. Mm -hmm. So like if you're a delegate right now, you are attending meetings, you are getting harassed by these candidates probably, (laughs) and they are trying to get your vote at the nominating convention, which we will get to later. And the next important date is actually today, the day we are recording, which is March 22nd. And tonight is the Dems caucus night, where again, People will be selected or elected to be a delegate for the Democratic Party and meaning that they will go to either the state or the county or both conventions uh, to help nominate candidates. Yeah, like we encourage all of you to run as a delegate next time you get the opportunity. It does sound like a really good time. Yeah. And And it's a really good chance just to meet people in your neighborhood. I love that. Okay, I love that. That's Lisa Barlow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next date that we need to keep in mind is March 31st. Now, this is the date that you must register for whatever party you're going to vote in the primary of. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to switch parties, say from the Democratic Party to the GOP, or maybe from the GOP to the Democratic Party, if Yeah, we don't know. We We don't don't know your business. I don't know your life, (laughs) listener. You have to do that by March 31st. Now, Hannah, I have a question. 
Definitely. Now, why would somebody switch their registration from the Democratic Party to the GOP? That's a great question. So we kind of touched on this a little bit. But for anyone who doesn't know, the state political parties get to choose how they operate. They make their own rules. They make their own bylaws. They determine who can vote in their elections. And the Democratic Party in Utah has chosen to have open primaries, meaning that anyone can vote in their primary elections. If you're a registered Democrat, you get a primary ballot in the mail. And if you're unaffiliated, um, you can just request to get a Democratic ballot through your county clerk, and then you can vote in the Democratic primaries. Republicans, however, in Utah have chosen to have closed primaries, meaning that you have to be a registered Republican to vote in their primaries. So for a lot of people who recognize that nine times out of 10, a Republican is going to win an election in Utah. That's just the way it goes, especially a statewide election. Those people have recognized that it is fun to change your voter registration to be a Republican so that you can participate in their primaries. This was a really big trend that we saw in 2020. We saw a lot of Democrats register as Republicans to vote for John Huntsman in the primary for governor. There were 97,000 people who changed their voter registration to Republican in 2020. Whoa. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Obviously, this is causing a lot of Republicans some headaches. They are shaking, crying, throwing up, thinking about all these Democrats becoming Republicans and messing up their party and Mm -hmm. like their system. Their party is being infiltrated. Yes, exactly. And so in 2021, the state legislature passed HB 197, which was introduced by Representative Jordan Tusher. And that prohibited a voter from changing their affiliation from one political party to another after March 31st. So that is how the law is now. So going forward, starting this year, after March 31st, no switching parties. Mm -hmm. So if you, listener, are wanting to switch your party, you got to get on it. Mm -hmm. And we can explain a little bit how to do that later. It is super easy. It seriously only takes like five minutes. Totally. I did want to touch on, so Republicans... This law was put in place because they didn't want their party to be infiltrated. They didn't want Democrats, unaffiliateds, libertarians, anyone to vote in their primary. They didn't want those people to determine who the Republican candidate would be. But a study done by Princeton University showed that after that 2020 primary where so many people were changing their registration, only about 4,000 people changed their voter registration back to Democrat or unaffiliated. So there were almost 100,000 people that registered as Republicans that year and only 4,000 changed. So is it that big of a problem? We don't know. As far as this Senate race, um, there's they've only seen a 1% increase in Republican registrations from November 2021 to March 2022. So that's only around 2,000 people that have changed their registrations. So it seems like this isn't as big of a problem as some people might think it is. I feel like that paints a really helpful picture of like what's actually happening with this switching Mm -hmm. of registrations. Mm -hmm. I guess we just have to wait and see what happens in the primaries to see if that really makes that big of a difference. We do want to say like switching your voter registration is frowned upon by like partisans. But honestly, guys, it's legal. It's ethical. It's fine. You can do it. Definitely. A lot of people would say in Utah, it's strategic. It's strategic. It's a smart thing to do. It's fine. Or it's you fine. can just not do it. Or just you don't, don't do to. it. Yeah. Exactly. Guys, this is politics is a game. And if you want to play by those rules, you can. And honestly, nobody's going to stop you. Mm-mm. It's fine. It's we love wrong. you. <laughs> <laughs>
So the next date is April 9th. For candidates who are gathering signatures to get on the ballot, all signatures must be into the lieutenant governor's office by April 9th, which is two weeks before the conventions. What is signature gathering? Great question. Let's talk about the Senate race as an example of signature gathering because it's a really good example, I think. Mm -hmm. So in the Senate race this year, they need, each candidate needs 28,000 verified signatures. What does a verified signature mean? So a verified signature comes from a registered Republican. Only one signature per person can be verified in each race. So you can only sign for one of these Senate candidates. Mm -hmm. And if you signed petitions for Becky and Allie, only one of those signatures will be counted, likely the first one that was turned in. Verified also means that the signature that you use matches what they have on file for you. And it's important to like note that that is like how secure our elections are in the state of Utah, is that they have actual people looking at the signature that you signed the petition with and also your signature on file. And they like, this is like, such a laborious process but like they go through every single one totally and if your signature doesn't look like it does on your driver's license they do not count your ballot yeah and so that's why it's really important to use the ballot tracking systems that our county clerks have to make sure that your ballot has been counted and if it is not counted then you can kind of remediate that and make and like verify that it's you and that you signed your ballot Mm -hmm. none of those missionary moms signing for their sons i was just gonna say (laughs) i was just gonna say that uh, like the number one apparently like instance of voter fraud in the state of utah is missionary moms forging their child's signature Mm -hmm. on ballots yep which is cuckoo bananas i think illegal it's illegal missionary moms who are listening to this don't do it don't commit fraud no don't do it (laughs) (laughs) okay so as of today Becky Edwards has submitted 28,000 signatures, and the campaign announced that 20,000 of those have been verified. Which is kind of a smart strategy, right? Because if anyone signed both for Becky and Allie, Becky got those signatures because she got them verified first, right? Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. So it was very smart of Becky to submit her signatures ASAP, like Mm -hmm. right away, because a few days later, Allie Isom submitted 30,000 signatures, and they have not yet announced how many of those have been verified. There's a lot of talk right now about Allie Isom and Becky Edwards splitting the non-Mike Lee vote. Yeah. Which is a very... Splitting the women vote. And the women vote, (laughs) and like the moderate Republican vote, and like all these things. But that remains to be seen. We will see. That is kind of like the assumption that a lot of people are making, but... It could be that they both don't make it out of signature gathering. Like maybe one of them won't get enough signatures and then it won't split the vote. So Mike Lee said that he would gather signatures, even though he doesn't really have to because the convention is probably going to go his way. Like Mm -hmm. the delegates tend to love Mike Lee and I'm sure that he'll come out of the convention on top. But he's still like as an insurance policy, he's like, I'm going to gather signatures, but he hasn't submitted his yet. So we have no idea how many signatures he has. Okay. My best guess would be he's got a lot of signatures because he just, he has the resources. Totally. And he will probably just like throw all of them, like turn all of the signatures in like right around April 9th Mm -hmm. because he's positive that he'll be able to get the 28,000. That would be my guess. After their initial submission, 
candidates have until April 9th to get the full 28,000 verified. So we will see what happens. Yeah, who makes it across that threshold. Mm -hmm. Next date. So the next important date for our calendars is April 23rd. And this is the nominating convention for the GOP and the Democrats. Um, This is when all the delegates will get together and decide on their nominees. Um, On the GOP side, it will most likely be Mike Lee. As you said, he's very popular at convention. He's the incumbent. He has high name recognition. And those things really are valuable in races like this. On the Democrat side, it will likely be Kale Weston. But there is an effort uh, to nominate no candidate and instead to endorse Evan McMullen, who is running as an independent candidate for Senate. Um, So if a candidate loses at convention, their only hope to continue their candidacy into the primary is the signature path. And the signature path, which we explained before, it it has a very hotly debated history. It was passed in, I want to say, 2015. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, like the state GOP went bankrupt nearly trying to fight this and get it overturned because they want all the power and control to come from the delegates at convention totally which there's an argument to be made that it's like it's your party maybe you should be able to decide that Mm -hmm. but the legislature passed a law so it's kind of like uh i don't know what to tell you this is like in state law now pretty much every session there's like some sort of like bill to undo what the legislature did Mm -hmm. uh, but so far none of them have been successful but like it's still kind of a a thing that's up in the air that like could change at some point in the future if the legislature decides to yep and like hate to break it to you but i think this is a good thing we like to see that if there's a candidate that's really popular among utahns and they get enough signatures and enough support they can still be on the ballot and that's good competition is good i like competition personally yeah has this ever happened before has there been a candidate that didn't have support at convention and then went on to be on the ballot and then win their race? Uh, 100% it has. And here's the thing. It's usually the more moderate candidate mm-hmm. that wins out in those scenarios. So, for instance, let's go back to 2017. It's the third congressional district's primary. And John Curtis gathered signatures. He lost in convention. The convention loved Chris Herod. And so he came in first. He was going to be on the primary ballot. John Curtis would have just never won. Yeah. But he gathered signatures and he ended up winning big in the GOP primary. So the bottom line is that there sometimes who the mainstream GOP voters like is not who the delegates like. So April 23rd is going to be a big day. Mm -hmm. After that, things will solidify quite a bit. Definitely. I we think we know what's going to happen, but also who knows? You never know. Yeah. Okay. So next date is June seventh. This is when mail in ballots are going to start getting sent out by the elections office. So after June seventh, be watching your mailbox. Yep. Don't go to work. Don't eat. Don't do anything. Just like watch your mail mm-hmm. until it comes. Then you can eat. Then you can move on with your life. Yeah. I personally think this is one of the best parts about living in Utah with the whole country being so on edge about voting rights and the election process and making sure that people have like equitable access to vote in their primaries and the general election. 
Um, Utah does such a good job at their mail-in voting system. It is so convenient. Mm -hmm. When you get that ballot, it's so fun to sit down with your family or your roommates and vote. And they just make it as easy as possible. Yeah, I was talking with the lieutenant governor's office recently and they said... (laughs) Name drop. Just a little brag. (laughs) But they said... Spencer Cox, to his credit, like when he was in the lieutenant governor's office, Mm -hmm. he set up this like this system that is so user friendly, that is so secure Mm -hmm. for mail in ballots that it's just like a great system. So that's what makes it extra frustrating when people try to like drag it down or say that it's not secure just because their preferred candidate didn't win. Mm -hmm. That it's like, no, actually... It's just good. It's good, guys. That's so good. Our position. Such a fan. Um, Okay, so next is June 17th. That is the deadline to register to vote in either primary. So this is not switching your voter registration. This is just registering to vote. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe you haven't been registered in Utah before. Maybe... I don't know what other situation there would be. Maybe you like, just turned 18 and you, you haven't voted 18. before. So exciting. Cute. Cute. Okay. So here's the process to register. And it's so easy. This is literally two steps, guys. Number one, you visit vote.utah.gov. Let me say that again. It's vote.utah.gov. Go to that website. Have your dri- your Utah driver's license ready. Mm-hmm. When you get to that website, you can, there's just like, I think like six buttons or something. And it's like, check your voter registration. If you're not sure if you're registered or not, you can just check it. Yeah. Or you can register to vote. If you're sure that you aren't registered, just click on that button and it'll ask you a few questions about like first name, last name, uh, what else? Date of birth. Address, date of birth. Address. It's just stuff like that. Yeah. That's it. And also when the time comes, you can track your ballot so you can see like, oh, the state sent it to me. So now's the time when I need to camp out by my mailbox (laughs) and wait. And when you fill it out and you turn it back in, you can see when it gets to the clerk's office and is counted Mm -hmm. or rejected Mm -hmm. if you're a missionary mom. Yep. So (laughs) if you, you know... (laughs) Sorry, if you're a missionary mom who signed for your child. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's how easy it is, guys. It is so easy. It's so easy. I know... Sometimes it's overwhelming to get on those government websites, but this website is super functional, um, really easy to use. So, yeah. The next important date and the last one that we're putting on our calendars for now um, is June 28th, which is the day of primary elections. This is the day where you can vote in person if you decided not to vote by mail. Um, You can go to one of your local polling stations. This is like the face off between the convention winner and any of the successful signature gatherers. So the winner will then go up against potentially independent candidate Evan McMullen or potentially Democratic candidate Kale Weston or both. This could be a two-way Senate race. This could be a three-way Senate race. We don't know. Totally. Yeah. Because we live in Utah, guys, let's let's talk. Let's Let's talk. Let's be real for a minute. Be real. (laughs) Um, honestly, probably whoever the Republican candidate in is going to be the favorite. Yes. Right. In the November election. Going into the November election, whoever the Republican candidate is will have the upper hand. Mm -hmm. And if it was just the Republican versus the Democrat, basically the election would be decided in June. Yes, absolutely. Stay stay tuned, viewers, because (laughs) we will see what happens with the Evan McMullen wild card this time around. This could go so many different ways because we haven't had an independent 
Senate candidate ever? I don't, I don't know. At least not a legitimate one. Right. Not one who has the name recognition yeah. of Evan McMullen. Like yeah. when he ran for president, I was getting DMs all the time mm-hmm. from like just random people saying like, <laughs> I implore you to please look into the candidacy of Evan McMullen. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Okay. All right. I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that if Evan McMullen, like his name isn't ringing a bell for you, a lot of people refer to him as Evan McMuffin. (laughs) Maybe Evan McMuffin is actually ringing a bell for you. And if so, that's who it is. Yes, that's who who we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next four months are going to be a real race to the finish. We're so excited. So we hope that the candidates prepare just as any good housewife on Real Housewives would prepare for like a cocktail party by mm-hmm. having like their high heels strapped on so tight and their extensions secured. Oh, yeah. And I hope that they're just ready to just throw down the perfect amount of shade to win hearts while also not coming off as quote too much <laughs> <laughs> because nobody wants to come off as too much. No, 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 no. That's it for this episode of inside the hive. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to end with some housewife style taglines. I think for Mike Lee, it would be something like, I've got the cash and I've got the power. Everybody wants what I have. Okay, and for Becky Edwards, I love this one. I haven't met a glass ceiling that I haven't shattered. Incredible. (laughs) Courtney Kardashian voice. It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to work anymore. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed. Inside the Hive is a proud member of the Beehive Podcast Network. To learn more about The Beehive, visit thebeehive.com. You can also follow us on social media at InsideTheHiveUT on both Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was better than our first one.